0: This podcast was recorded before a live telephone audience.
1: This is Open Line with Michelle Naranjo and Chelsea Sexton, episode three for August 2011. Bring back the El Camino. You can watch and participate live on the first Tuesday of every month at AutolineDetroit.tv. Open line starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. Join in on the call at any time by dialing 1-712-432-0900 and enter PIN 911-633. We are... Live
2: with Nick Richards. Chelsea, Nick Richards, you guys have surely met, right? We have indeed. Absolutely. Probably previous to the life of, of Nick's time at Buick. Yes.
0: Yeah, I had a uh, short little stint uh, over with the Volt for the, probably what were a uh, very exciting six months.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was just a blip, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was uh It was uh it went fast. It went, it went extremely fast.
2: So, Nick, your title now at Buick is what?
0: Well, right now I'm the uh, Buick communications manager. So I've got uh, responsibility for Buick public relations in, uh, in the U.S., and then I interact with uh, my counterparts in Canada and the Middle East and China.
2: That's awesome. So you, I mean, what, to give you guys some history, I mean, Chelsea met him when he was on Volt, but I met him way back when he was with Hummer, and then yeah. when Hummer died, you were put on your penance at Volt. <laughs>
3: Quite the transition. Yeah, I was.
0: Uh, you know, there was there was a uh, there was a couple there were a couple websites that uh, weren't too fond of me prior to moving over to Volt, and you know, as soon as I was over on Volt, it was a brand new day
4: well it's kind of
2: funny right because that must have been really interesting for you just personally having to communicate with people in a completely different way uh
0: no I think I mean it was uh, you know uh I don't know that it was commun- communicating in a different way it was it was uh talking about a different product um you know but each you know each product really has its own own place in the industry um you know Hummer did a, at the time um you know, and I would still say that uh, you know, competent off-road vehicles are still have a place in the industry, um, just as um, you know, extended-range electric vehicles. And and I and I also had the insight of uh, of my four years at Hummer uh, to know what the hot buttons were uh, from from what was uh, at that point in time the the uh, the other side of the aisle for me.
2: Did you land in, in Volt right at the center of the it's not really an EV they live <laughs> controversy?
0: No, no, I I was uh I I was there. Uh I started in May and uh kind of I I orchestrated the whole launch process and launch programs uh with with a number of other people that were, you know, involved on the communication side. Um, you know, and then obviously all the fantastic engineers the designers that we had working on it um, so I, I got I got in you know before that and then I got to uh, I got to be a be a part of that um, that debate and you know I think uh, that debate you know if you ask people it would still they still say it continues today um, but I think you know we ended up you know, we had the ability to at that by, by that point in time show people that yeah you can actually travel the entire battery range on EV alone no matter what speed you're doing uh, before it kicks over to extended range. So, yes, it is an electric vehicle, and then at other times it's, it uses the engine, uh, you know, to to assist the battery.
2: I I have to say, Nick, I think that your job as being being in communications is probably above anybody else I've met in the industry. You probably are the most interesting person to me because you've not only had to deal with communications about Um, Hummer, which had this really bad reputation, um, not with consumers as well as enthusiasts. Um, And of course, you know, there was a lot of miscommunication going on against people that didn't agree with the brand, but the, you know, it wasn't a bad, the H3 wasn't a bad truck, right? It was, um, there was far less sold than an Explorer and it got just about the same uh, miles per gallon so you know there's that fallacy that went on that you had to deal with and then going to the vault there was the whole communications issue around okay chevy's going to have an ev coming it's different it's actually better i think consumer wise it's better but trying to explain that to consumers it's a lot of community of uh, consumer education and now you're at the luxury brand which we were talking i'm sure you were listening to <laughs> <laughs> me discuss that issue of it being a luxury brand or not plus on top of that the whole idea of the e-assist and whether it's a mild hybrid and how Buick presents itself to the public, how they explain that to people I mean, your communications you're like in the Olympics of communications
0: and, and all that with a biology degree
2: yeah, that makes a lot of sense there <laughs> I'm not, I I don't know that's that's pretty amazing <laughs> So um, Chelsea, what do you read, think of you the, what do you think about this whole idea of the mild hybrid versus not hybrid versus I mean it's very confusing the information I'm getting.
3: It is, but I'm really happy to see that the you know the bassler or the assist or whatever are not being marketed as hybrids because they fell completely flat when it tried to happen that way. And so I think we're going to see an adoption of efficient technology, fuel-saving technology, that is not enough to be considered a hybrid by the hybrid crowd and yet is still useful. Um, but I like that we're not trying to make it something that the community has said very clearly. They're not going to see it as.
0: Yeah, you know, it the, this uh, this entire debate around hybrids not hybrids mild hybrids strong hybrids um, yeah I was I, you know going back even further I was at powertrain uh, it, <laughs> be, before Hummer. Um, you know so I was over there uh, during the whole uh you know uh, uh, P, parallel hybrid truck the uh, the bass uh, the the uh, the two mode um, and you know the thing I find amazing is at the point in time when when those vehicles came out you know, and, and they were billed as hybrids. Everybody was saying, "No, it's not a hybrid. It's not powered by the, you know, the, the electric motor is not powering the vehicle." We come out with the LaCrosse. We call it e-Assist um, because we want to focus on on the vehicle itself and the fact that this technology we put into the car just makes the car better. You get 25% better fuel economy. You get actually better drive experience, and you know, there's there's really no no trade-off for the consumer. And the very first question is, well, why aren't you calling it a hybrid? You know, what, uh, and, and, I, and everybody is, is now saying, well, you should call it a hybrid. It's a hybrid. It's a mild hybrid. And in, I think it completely misses the point that, the, that this, is, this is a technology that we can put into cars that, no matter what you call it, improves the driving experience, um, improves the fuel consumption, and is all at a benefit to the consumer.
2: Who do you, I mean, who are the people that ask that question the most?
0: <laughs> uh, people on media programs.
2: Right. So, I mean, do you think that there's a point where the enthusiasts are actually detracting from your consumer sort of oriented communications? Because you have to spend, I don't know, I'm finding that the enthusiast crowd, like, that's, they're really fun people, but, you know, no, I then think- I, I end up having to explain stuff to the consumers because they're not getting the right information from the enthusiasts.
0: Well I think it's it's you know it's just like there is in every other walk of life there is you know an audience for everything there is you know there are there are car enthusiasts and they want to know you know uh, you know every detail about every single part on every single vehicle and how the entire thing operates and then there's other people that say, i want to know that that car will get me from point A to point b rely, you know be reliable, comes in the color I want, and you know has the interior features I want. And
2: so who buys and, more cars
0: well it, it doesn't matter as, <laughs> as, a, as a communicator, we have to be able to you know feel able to and and even as journalists be able to talk to 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 the audience that we 're talking to at the time um, you know and so that's you know why you know things like eAssist, we can we can go in and you'll see it when we you know start advertising later this fall you know we 'll have a you know a, a you know broader message around the around the technology that gets into a little bit of of how we make the the you know the car better and how we get the fuel economy benefits, but it's not going to get into the down and dirty detail of, of this the, you know all the components of the start stop system, um, you know how much we go into fuel cutoff, you know the, the size of the battery pack, all those things that an enthusiast might be interested in. But you'll be able to go to you know various sites like you know Buick.com where that information will be located for the people that really are interested, you know, in the finer details. And, that, and that's, you know, the, you know the, the, that's the other thing that, you know, all this electronic communication medium allows us to do today is to, to use different levels of, of uh, messaging at, at different audiences.
3: Yeah, I think um, I, I've noticed as well on the other technologies, you know, mainstream consumers want to know what a car does. The enthusiasts want to know how it does it. And you have to be able to translate between the two markets
0: completely agree
2: well I mean I know that you know Nick you and I have had a few messages in the last couple of weeks about some specific Buick um, things uh, and we have a couple of questions coming in I'm going to ask this really fast, but I know one of the things was that the Buick product team were actually not happy with Autobytel's presentation of Um, the LaCrosse and E-Assist because we have it listed as you go to the basic car and it is listed as a four-cylinder or a six you know a V6 and they want the V6 they want the four-cylinder listed as the base and the V6 listed as an option which Mm is kind of making up your own thing right because most cars if they come three, four, six, eight. 10, 12, they're listed as those. And then options are things like, you know, heated back seats.
0: Well, the, the, I mean, the reality is is the way that we – and this is this is why, you know, again, why what we're doing with lacrosse is a little bit different than, you know, what you've seen, you know, across the industry, which also provides, you know, challenges to, to content, you know, people that do content aggregation and, you know, have a, you know, clear-cut formula on, you know, on what defines what. Um, the, the v6 actually is an option so if i go into the dealership and i say you know i want the look i want to lacrosse i want leather i want nav um, you know this is the this is the trim level i want the dealer is going to say to me okay do you want the e-assist or do you want the v6
2: Well, I, I, I guess I understand that, and it's not really about the content providers. The problem is, is that all these content providers aren't going to show the cars in the same way mm-hmm. for you. I mean, that means your car doesn't show up where you want it to. Yeah, you
4: think, know what yeah, I mean? That's, like,
0: why, that's why I think probably there is I mean, there's, there is a education process that we have to conduct as well with the various sites that are providing the information. As to you know, the best way to present it to the consumer, because again, it's a little different than you know when I walk into you know a showroom and say you know I want the I want this trim level and that only trim level only comes with a V6. You know, for up to a certain point in trim packages with the LaCrosse, you'll have the option you know at no cost for either the E Assist, which means you know I'm a, I'm I'm a person who's you know a little bit more. Focused on the overall efficiency or the technology, or I want the V6 because I'm a little bit more interested in the straight
2: line performance.
1: Right, and, that, to- and that's
2: that's that's understandable. And I mean, you know, you, it's not like none of these consumer-facing sites are immune to ever getting sort of special requests. I, you know, we have M I N I all capitalized. We have F I A T all capitalized because that was those were special requests you're actually asking for the consumer to search for stuff differently which would mean that we as third-party providers have to change our entire database which in just to give you an example if you look at Honda there's a Honda Civic and then there's a Honda Civic hybrid Mm -hmm. it's not a trim level right it's a completely different car and that gets the attention it needs and Buick's refusal to say we're a hybrid, or we want mild hybrid to be counted as hybrid, because for some reason hybrid is now strong hybrid, and I think probably people at Buick are the only people in the United States saying strong hybrid. Um.
0: No, actually, we're not saying we're not saying any type of hybrid.
2: <laughs> well, no, I mean it's, but there, it's not showing up where it should be, right? Like it's just kind of like this very small little trim level thing, but it is. Well,
0: it's because- it's it's because it's not a trim level. It's it's on every vehicle, and then the
2: V6. But a trim level is an option. option. I mean, it's funny. I want everybody to hear this discussion because I want people to understand that when it comes to manufacturing and the way that your advertisers present the cars, there has to be this discussion, right? It's minutia detail to consumers, and but these are our enthusiasts, so they love this shit. Oops, I said the bad word. Ben just glared at me. <laughs> We're all (laughs) grown-ups. But you know what I mean? (laughs) It's true. Like, Like, they love this stuff. So this is what happens. We all have this discussion of what happens when something becomes sort of out of the box. Like, I'll give you a great example from your previous brand, Volt. Volt doesn't show up anywhere except for... I don't know. Even I don't even. Actually, I don't even know where it shows up if people show, search for Volt and in mainstream sites, because it's not considered a hybrid, and it's not. And most people don't categorize it as an EV. It just doesn't show up in the consumer searches. Mhm.
3: People. Well, and part of that, in, in in fairness, is because GM balked so heavily at referring to it as a plug-in hybrid. So if you're, if for the folks that will not consider it an EV the way GM does, it's tough. Until we have a, a more robust plug-in hybrid category, no one knows where to stick it. That's but terrible. the whole eRev moniker easily confused the heck out of people. I mean, it, was really a, it was a policy term that shouldn't have been used for marketing and was, and we're still sorting it among the market.
2: You know, I'm going to take uh, – we have a question from someone. Hang on. Who's there?
5: Yeah, this is Rick from San Diego. i got a question for Nick, and you were talking about before the luxury thing with Buick. Um, I'm not sure that's the best way to sell cars, at least in San Diego and the Southern California area. I mean, Hondas and Mazdas and stuff sell very well without uh, all the luxury features, especially uh, uh, leather interiors. I mean, burn your... You burn your butt out here on leather, so cloth is very uh, much more popular in a lot of cases, plus it's cheaper. If you want to attract young people, that's the way to do it. I've sold Hondas. We used to, in the 93, when the 94 Accord came out, we still had 93. We got 93 used ones, LXs, cost seats. We were selling them for full sticker of the 94 models because that's what people wanted. That, That new Verano, to me, reminds me of the 93. Was it 90 to 93 Honda Accord, which was one, probably the most popular Honda Accords ever? People love those things out here. You could sell 20000 a month easy, Verano's, if you got the price down to around $20,000 with some class seats. Leather on the top end, no problem. EXL, that's no problem, but you got to get a entry level so these people can buy them. These people are going to want that car, and the hard cor- the hard fact is, they're not going to be able to get loans for these cars. If I could have sold as many cars as people that wanted cars, I could, <laughs> I could have sold two two or three cars a day. But the bank will tell you what you can sell and what you can't. And in hard times like this, price is very important. And something like a Buick Verona is going to attract a lot of people. And you got to have a price so you can sell these things so this thing can get a monster start on the market. I mean, people out here are hungry for something new. I think you one, of you one or two of you live out in California. You know how we're on new stuff, and that Verano is going to knock it out of the park. I'm telling you, that thing is something else. And Buick's sitting on a gold mine. All he has to do is pull the trigger. Same thing with the Regal. I've talked to at least two guys that sell Regals. The Regal is at least $2,000 overpriced on the entry level. It'll sell leather, it'll sell all that stuff. But you got to get the butts in the seats, and you can sell a ton of cars. And ducks biting
0: Yeah. First, first of all, I, I appreciate the uh, the insight um, and the comments about Toronto. Um, you know, I think I think we've we we've, we've done quite a bit of homework around that car. Um, you know, I think you know the. The you know the question about luxury or not luxury you know it, it basically comes down to what the consumers are telling us um, you know and they're and they're calling it luxury and we're you know so we're fine with that you know the 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 vehicle is not supposed to you know you know sell you know mass volume in well, which you can would think of for, for <laughs> you know, other brands but the fact is it it will it will be a very strong seller for for Buick um and, and you know the 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 portfolio you know for us is working um the messaging you know the advertising is working and the fact that you know for 22 straight months we've posted consecutive positive sales yeah. gains um but you, know, you can you do a in, lot
5: more nick I'm telling you you guys yeah, can well, really there's, you
0: know there's there's always there's always a balance you know and trade off between yeah. between uh between volume and and uh yeah and profit and you know we're well, I pretty happy that, with, with where the brand yeah. is right now um, If you, you can and
5: sell a lot of cars and really establish the brand I'm telling you Buick and any brand this market's really ripe for a new brand I think right now I'm seeing a lot of Kia's where I work now is selling cars before I don't sell them now but I work at aerospace aerospace we got a lot of young people you know what the uh, parking lot's full of Mazda 3's Sure. Yeah, and and three series. I swear, sometimes we we got more three series than most BMW dealers. But I mean, that's the kind of car they want something fun to drive. It's not about the leather seats. It's not about luxury. It's about that driving dynamic, which being most Buicks are based on Opals. I and mean, you get the driving dynamic.
0: That's well, what they're the, asking. Yeah, That's what we want. I would, uh, I would also care say about you know, the know, other stuff. <laughs> from a from a volume standpoint and fun to drive, you know, we've also got um, you know within the GM portfolio, we've got Chevy and the Cruze.
5: Yeah, that, um, the Chevy Cruises. ain't gonna do it. No, Chevy don't. No, that don't work. You're gonna get Toyota buyers and Honda buyers who are stopping at Buick before they're looking at Chevys. It's just the way it is. Sorry, there's nothing wrong. With, the Cruze is a great car. I'm not saying that. It is a it is a great car. But it's not going to sell in California. You will sell Veranos before you sell Cruises. Well, it's I hope just so. It is telling you. A, it's just multiple. the way it is. You can sell a ton of these things if you want. Same thing with the Regal. That thing could be a monster. I see Regals sitting on the lot. They got. They've been here for a while. Yeah. I well, talked to the guys that are selling them. They're not. They got too much on them. You got, there's no go-to car for these guys to go to. When the bank says you can't sell them a car, you're stuck. You got nothing to do. You, you, you can't well, do anything.
0: And well, and that's that's, that's I mean, that's a that's an entirely different conversation on on, on banks well, and when lending you're the car, and, when you're and you're the trying situation to sell a we vehicle, got ourselves into. Um, well, but, I understand. You
5: know, I, if you're a Buick dealer, you, you're not trying to sell Chevys. You're trying to sell Buicks.
0: And, and I, <laughs> I, I appreciate your uh, your point,
2: out,
4: Ronald. <laughs> Thank you,
2: Rick. We're going to go to VRM Chris in Wisconsin now. I think. Um, Let's see, Chris, are you there?
6: Yes, I am, Michelle. How are you?
2: Hi, Chris.
6: Okay, yeah, I've got. I've, there is a. There is one or two questions I have. One of the questions I have regarding the e assist is, um, what do, you, do what is the take rate that you are expecting on it, um, as opposed to the V six version, and also has a. Uh, with it? And if so, were they, what kind of results um, were achieved
0: with that? Um, sorry, Chris, I think you uh, you cut out a little bit on the second part of your question. Oh, and I'm the, sorry. Uh, this,
6: okay, I was referring to cost esis Was it ever tested with the V6? And if so, what kind of results were
0: achieved with it? Sure. Um, well, I, you have fantastic questions, um, and thanks for calling in. Um, on the you know, your first question about how you know how much volume we're projecting, um, you know, right now we offer a four-cylinder in the in the LaCrosse, and we offer the V6. Our take rate on the four-cylinder right now is about 10%. Our projections right now that with the E-Assist and with it being the standard powertrain and, um, you know, gas prices, gas price what they're at, we're projecting about 25% take rate. Uh, now that, you know, depending on what happens with fuel prices over the next, you know, six months to year, that... That uh, percentage could increase um, you know if you if we see a dramatic rise in fuel prices, but uh, what we're seeing out of the the large car and large uh, luxury car buyer is you know that uh, they are as much about the technology in the vehicle and the driving dynamics and the performance of the vehicle as they are the fuel economy. The fuel economy isn't necessarily you know the number one selling point for them but if you show that you've got some technology you know unique technology or things that they can talk to their neighbor about in the car um you know that that is important to them as much as fuel economy uh whether or not you could you could use this system on a v6 this system you know is is um you know i would say fairly robust and can be you know used on a number of different power. And, and that's what we we love about the system, and the, you know the fact that you know we're going to use it on the LaCrosse, we're going to offer it on the Regal. Um, we've announced that we'll we'll offer it on the you know the Malibu Eco, um, and it's you know it's a scalable system that could could work on other powertrains. Now, does it make sense in in the LaCrosse with the V6? Uh, probably not, because we probably wouldn't see as much you know enough fuel economy gain to to justify the price to the consumer.
6: Okay, yeah. That's. I was just wondering if it was if it was tested. You know what. You know what kind of result. You know if it wasn't. You know I can. I can. I can. I can understand that. Um, sure. You know so. Um, so um, what are you looking for in you know the near future for Fort Buick? You know to expand it, e assist, and also to have it um, where you truly are competing with um, Lexus and, and winning and winning the game. Or are you just trying to have your own um, vision of what Buick should be in terms of the luxury, the technology, the performance, and so on and so forth, without in, encroaching on Cadillac space, for example. Or yeah. does Cadillac have to be moved up so that Buick can fill can fill that middle middle range?
0: Yeah, I think I think you know um, from a from a brand standpoint, what brand what the Buick brand stands for, and the type of customers that we bring into the brand. Um, you know it's for us it's about designing you know beautiful, uh, elegant vehicles, um, vehicles that have and are known for their interior quietness, their their road noise isolation. Um, and for you know vehicles that uh, you know deliver um, levels of luxury that customers want and types of technologies that, that uh, are relevant to to our to our buyers. Um, there's definitely enough room in the market for Buick and Cadillac, and we don't see really the the consumers cross shopping. You know the either brand. Um, you know, we tend to get cross shopped more with with Lexus, um, Acura, uh, Infiniti. Um, you know the in the in the consumers that uh, tend to tend to look at Buick. Um, you know are what I would, you know, they, they are financially sound. They've, they've, you know, been able to achieve, you know, success in their life and their career. Uh, but they don't need, they don't feel the need to flaunt it. They're, they're, mm-hmm. um, they're quiet. They're quietly confident. Um, but they want, they want nice things. They want to treat their themselves and their family to nice things. Um, which is what, you know, has led them to Buick. Um, you know, relative to ESS technology and where that goes from here, you know, we've we've uh, said that it'll go into the LaCrosse. It'll be you know standard in LaCrosse as a powertrain. Uh, it will be an option in the Regal, um, and you know that's kind of as far as we've announced at this point in time. You know, but it's, it's uh, again it's about bringing relevant technology to can to to Buick consumers. Um, you know, things like. Uh, E-Assist, things like IntelliLink, which is you know our infotainment system that will roll out on every Buick model later this fall, every every Buick sedan later this fall, and then you know every model by 2013. Um, so I think you know if where we stand in the in the in the market, you know our, our sales success over the last you know two years um, has shown that the the vehicles and the design is resonating. We're bringing in consumers from other brands. You know, 42% of our brand of our consumers are conquest, which means they're trading in, you know, they're trading in something that's not GM, or they're or they're they're buying Buick and, and haven't owned a GM uh, previously. Um, so that's you know, that, and that's a pretty strong indicator for us that we're we're on the right track. And we're seeing you know sales growth out of our models that have been in the portfolio for several years. You know, like the Enclave, last year. You know, was its best all-time year, and we're going to do better this year. Um, oh. You know, and that and that's a, you know, a, a crossover, you know, a crossover vehicle that's uh, that's been in the portfolio for a couple of years. Um, you know, so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of bucking the trend of of uh, of its of its uh, lifecycle volume flattening as you get later into its life. It just continues to 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 move the metal and bring new customers into the showroom, and that's and that's conquering at about fifty percent. Okay. So I think we've got uh, we've got good momentum right now. We're going to see that continue with with the vehicles that we've got coming this fall with the E Assist, with the Verano, um, with the Regal GS, which is going to you know put a little bit more performance behind the Regal brand. Um, and then uh, you know we've got uh, other things on the horizon, so it's it's pretty exciting time to be at Buick.
2: Awesome. So we have um, thank you, Chris. We have Sean on the line with a. Um, question. Oops, did I accidentally move him, move him to send. Oops, there he goes. Sean, are you still there?
4: Uh, hey, I am, Michelle. Um, thank you, uh, Nick, for taking my questions. Um, I have a couple questions for you. The first was more of a blast from the past for your previous days, and second is actually dealing with Buick. Um, first one, since um, you were with Hummer, um, what was the reasoning and the thought behind the, the Hummer h street truck? I thought it was a very clever vehicle uh, with the, the four wheel drive. You have a manual transmission with the five cylinder. And but second, with Buick, you know, since Buick doesn't really have a full size car now because the certain is dead, I guess. I'm a diehard uh, rear drive fan. And um, in China, uh, the Holden Statesman is sold as a Buick Park Avenue. Now, and I don't know. I'm not trying, I guess I don't know if you're restricted about product planning, talking about that. But I'm gonna try to nudge you a little bit. Do you know anything, or what do you think is the likelihood that we can have the um, the Holden VF, which is the upcoming one, which apparently the, the short wheelbase version will be sold here in this country? What's the likelihood of the long wheelbase Statesman coming as the Buick Park Avenue here to replace this current, or in fact, become the new uh, Buick Roadmaster and the wagon variant? To come over at the Buick Roadmaster Wagon, which
0: I thought was a very cool Buick vehicle. Um,
2: that's it. That's quite a bit. <laughs> oh just that little <laughs> bit there. Let's start some rumors here, Nick. <laughs>
0: um all right, well let's start with the uh, let's start with the hardest ones first. Um uh Buick uh Sedan, Buick portfolio. Um you know right now you know I think you uh, mentioned the Lucerne has gone away. Um, so yeah, right now the the LaCrosse is our largest sedan. We and we consider that you know for the time being and the consumers that we're drawing into the showroom to be our you know our our flagship sedan. Um, and it's you know and it, it it's doing the job. Um, if you look across the industry, um, there's you know really there's four four model luxury sedans that. You know, I have an average transaction price of thirty thousand dollars or higher, and sell more than fifty thousand units. And the LaCrosse is one of those. So we're we're pretty pleased with with where that vehicle, you know, is drawing consumers in, the the price they're willing to pay for it, and the number of consumers that are you know or that are willing to pay that price for it. Um, and it's you know, and if you look across the, the segment, still you know, a, a value at that at that point. Um, you know, I I can't get into any you know future product plans or details. Um, you know um so as much as i'd as much as i'd love to tell you about uh about what's coming i'd i'm going to focus tonight on uh, on what we got in the showroom you know in the next uh, 12 months um so that's pretty much all i can say on that uh hummer h3t um that was a uh fantastic concept uh a vehicle that uh you know, I think would have helped uh, the Hummer brand had it come a couple years sooner. Um, you know, we did, uh, I think, uh, about uh, 5,600 units uh, one model year. You know, basically it was launched as a brand was put up for, um, put up, uh, well, put under review and then put up for sale. Um, so that uh, obviously uh, had an impact on, on the number of consumers that would even, you know, look at the brand. Um so it, you know it was it was a it was a it was a great play truck. Um, you know, it was a, a little bit larger than a compact. Um, you know, full four wheel drive, front and rear lockers. Um, you know, you could get thirty threes from the factory, four to one T case. Um, it was a good overall, good all around play truck. Um, but it was just a you know, it came out at the wrong time for the brand.
4: Yes. Um. I'm my personal recommendation. Um. Since you can't talk about future products, I am a big fan of rear drive, especially for full size cars. So you know, tell tell your superiors. Tell them yes, yes. Buick needs a rear drive sedan. Yes, they do. Um. Do not let GM say no to you. I think
0: uh, I think they're I think they're taping this, and I'll uh, I'll get a copy of the 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 final show and pass it on.
5: Buick needs some rear drives today at full size. Bring back the car. And by the way, GM,
4: excuse me, Michelle, by the way, GM, if you're listening, bring back the El Camino. I want it now. Bring back the El Camino. That's it. That's all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking my questions. Thanks, John. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thank you. Oh, my
2: gosh. That's hilarious. So if anybody else wants to call in, it's 712 432 Four three wait seven one two four three two zero nine zero zero. The pen number is. Did I do that right, Ben? <laughs> ben just looked at me really exasperated right then. It's nine one one six three three. And if you want to ask a question right now during our recorded time, it is star six. Nick, you can understand. Um, Ben's frustration now with me, right? <laughs> I can, I
0: can, I can see the, see the glares from here.
2: <laughs> Imagine when I'm in LA. I'm actually sitting across the room for him for once, and he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> oh well. Well, you know, I know I'm going on the Regal GS um, event, and I'm really excited to gr- to drive it. You know, I think it's, um, I want to see this, it's funny, I haven't, still haven't driven the lacrosse, still haven't driven, it, which is fine, don't worry, I'm not asking for press cards. Uh, <laughs> it's not fine. No, it is fine, I don't I don't like asking for press cards. Um, I'm not the one that normally writes about them so much like my reviewers do, right? Uh, like, I write about, like, impressions, and that's what I'm better at, and I know that, so... <laughs> And I talk about them on the shows, so. Um, but I'm really excited to be in Traverse City. Are you going to be there? Yes,
0: I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there the entire week. We're, we're uh, very, very excited about this uh, program, and and think, uh, and think that a lot of people will be surprised by, by the vehicle. Um, you know, 270 horsepower, 295 pound-feet of torque. Um, a, a really, you know aggressive take on the regal design um you know the the hyper strut technology to help kind of smooth out the uh the front wheel drive the a uh, little tighter uh uh controls with the gs mode on the adjustable adjustable suspension uh i think it's it, i think a lot of people are and, and the price point that the car is going to come in at i think a lot of people are going to take a second look at the at buick again um you know, because of, because of what we're able to do with that car.
2: Well, well, I've heard that um, <clears throat> people I know up in the area of Traverse City have already said that they have seen a couple of Regal GSs driving around up there because I guess you guys have had to have your work days of picking out the drive that we're going to be going on to best shows off this <laughs> car.
0: That and to go to the good restaurants. It, ma- it, ma- it, ma- it makes a good excuse for us to get to good restaurants.
2: See, just for that, Nick, I am going to punish you. And I'm going to make <laughs> you give me an elevator speech on, because this goes back to the beginning of the show. You weren't tuned in, and we were talking about the 54.5, because I think it's so funny. It's 54.5 and not 54. Um, so, what's Buick's answer to the 54.5 cafe standard?
0: Uh, Buick's answer is GM's answer.
2: (laughs) The elevator speech, please.
0: (laughs) I don't have it with me. Sorry.
2: Darn it, you're so good at this. You're always so good at this. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll let you get by with that one. Well, if anybody else has questions, Ben, do we have anybody else in the chat room? He's like my, I'm like Chelsea Handler tonight, and he's my Chewy. He's my little nugget over there. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad Chelsea Handler joke. <laughs> so demeaning to my producer. And I think that Chelsea herself, the real Chelsea Sexton, has taken a break. So I will say, Nick, I think we've gotten through all of our questions. I don't think anybody's asking any more questions right now, but I really appreciate you coming on. And um, I see Eric. Tr- oh! We actually just got a question. You mind staying? It's VRM Chris. Oh, he dropped. Oh, he dropped. Oops.
0: Well, we answered it.
2: (laughs) I think that means Nick wants to go to bed. No, no. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It's
0: only 9.40. Time to start a second shift.
2: Is it really? I don't even know what time it is. Oh, see, we have Rick. So, hi
5: Rick from San Diego again. You're on with Nick Richard. Yeah, Nick. I was saying about the Mazda 3s. Now, you got the great looking Astra 5 door. Is there any chance that that thing might come over to the U.S.? I know you're talking about the uh, GTC. Um, That thing would be a great replacement for a Vibe. Every about every day in the parking lot, I walk past a guy who has a silver vibe that's parked right next to a Mazda 3, and these things are very similar vehicles.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there, there's been a I've seen a lot of comments and a lot of speculation lately. Um, I can't comment on on yeah. any of the speculation. I understand,
5: but just but... something to think about. That thing has... I mean, those things are. They have a lot of versatility. You know, because a lot of people like well in California, well California, Florida, Texas, very active people do a lot of you know surfing and whatnot, and it's a very versatile vehicle for people you know it has a, it's a hatch and gets great gas mileage
3: yep
0: yep um, I, I can't can i cannot disagree with any of those points
5: in the GTC, um, is there any uh well you can't really say but is there any uh can you can even give us a hint is there any chance of the g t c and the i guess the coupe and the cabrio coming over the astra
0: I can't give any hints whatsoever. It, okay. If I started to give a hint my shot color would go off. And <laughs> the phone would automatically go dead.
5: But I think Buick has a lot of lot of potential out here, I really do. I think if you broaden your approach a little bit, you could sell a ton of vehicles. And you, and you wouldn't hurt Chevy cuz Chevy's got a great lineup coming up, the Malibu, the Cruze. You yep. guys can it's, it wouldn't hurt anybody. You guys got a great lineup the whole from Chevy, Buick, GMC, and Cadillac. I think you guys got a lot of potential, Roy. Really.
0: I tell you, I tell you, Rick. It's very encouraging to hear, especially if, you know, coming from somebody out out on the West Coast. Um, oh yeah. You know, sometimes we we, we get a little isolated.
5: We know. like cars out here. We have no, a car yeah. show every year, <laughs> yeah. and and we like American cars. It, it's funny, you know. It kind of frustrates me. We these guys in the we have a car show in April. Well, this year it was in June, but you know they bring in their '55 Chevys. And in fact, some of them are daily drivers. You see these old Chevys and Fords and. All American cars in the you know is there project cars that are custom cars? These guys are hot rodders, mm. and you know they you see them driving Camrys and stuff. It's it's depressing.
0: Yeah, uh, you know we're we're making inroads. We've still got a long way to go, um, you know. But the the fact that we've got uh, the fact that we've got people's attention now and are starting to get you know.
5: Get oh, people I think back the styling the is really what attracts people to Buicks. I mean, they have great look. And with the driving dynamic, that's like you know that's what's important out here because you know you got to drive 30 miles to work. You might as well have a little bit of fun sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, well you got you got some fantastic roads out there too. Yeah, because uh, I think of Toronto. get off the freeway. Would,
5: yeah, it would get, it'd be close to I guess 40 miles to a gallon with the e-assist, I guess, or high 30s anyway. I mean yeah, That would be a great
2: true. commuter
5: vehicle for somebody, you know.
2: Well, thank you, Rick from San Diego, for sure. calling back in. And um, well, Nick, so you okay? One more question: What are you sure. driving right now?
0: <laughs> what am I driving right now? Uh, I'm actually right now. I'm sitting in my basement, uh, oh, gosh. but uh, I uh, I just got out of a uh, Enclave, and uh, right now I'm driving a Suburban. Um,
2: Anything with, exciting uh, coming up for the Enclave? Uh, I, I mean, you can say I can't anything, answer that because it means something is.
0: And you mean anything more exciting than the fact that this car continues to break sales records for us? Um, you know, I really can't say.
2: See? I knew it. It's exciting news. <laughs> it's, it's breaking non-news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you heard it here first. Michelle said the future of the Enclave is exciting.
2: The future of the Enclave is exciting because we can't talk about it.
0: <laughs> well, wow, there are a lot of exciting things.
2: I love not talking about things, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Baja Buster's asking in the chat room, "Baby Enclave." Ooh, that would be sweet.
0: A baby Enclave. Hmm. <laughs>
2: You got really quiet there. Well, Nick, I really appreciate you coming on tonight. I think Chelsea must have gotten to deal with the, the men in her life. <laughs> Sometimes she has to cook dinner. Sometimes I do that too. I don't cook for Ben. He's ordering me dinner. Um, but thank you so much, Nick Richards from Buick. I really appreciate uh, a, you taking the time. And you guys, I know you're about to move.
0: Uh, working on it.
2: Awesome. Well, working, good luck working on with it. That.
0: Thank you, thank you. We're uh, uh, we're we're popping at the seams here, so uh, we're we're thinking about uh, moving. We'll stay in the area.
2: That's, well, of course you have to. It's Buickland. <laughs> well, I will see you in a couple of weeks, and I'm sure everyone will be, you know, looking for you and I on the Twitter because you are Nick at Well, you're at Nick underscore Richards.
0: Correct. On Twitter. And I'm I'm happy to answer. uh, If anybody didn't get a question in tonight and they want to shoot it to me on Twitter, feel free. I'll be happy to respond.
2: Awesome, because this will also be on iTunes at some point next week. So I'm sure we'll get like 10 million people downloading it because we're going to beat out in Corolla. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Awesome. I will see you soon, Nick. Thank you very much. And thank you for Chelsea,
0: too. Oh, thanks for having me on. Okay.
1: Bye. Like this show? There's a whole lot more where this came from. Just join us on the first Tuesday of every month between 8 p.m. and 12 a.m. Eastern Time and dial 1-712-432-0900 with PIN 911 633 Get even more info about this and many other automotive programs at autolinedetroit.tv Follow me, Michelle Naranjo, at twitter.com slash Motormouth or Chelsea Sexton at twitter.com slash EVShells. Until next time, happy motoring!
4: Please hang up now. If you need assistance, dial your operator. This is a
6: recording